the unofficial Bengals podcast. Welcome to the unofficial Bengals podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. All right, today is a special edition of the unofficial Bengals podcast. This episode is not going to have our regular segments. It's going to be totally dedicated to having two authors of the book, Classic Bengals, The 50 Greatest Games in Cincinnati Bengals History. So we're going to bring in Dick Maloney and Steve Watkins, and we're going to discuss the book, we're going to discuss some really cool Bengals history, and we're going to discuss some of those 50 greatest games of all time. The book's available on Amazon if you guys want to check it out, and I can't wait to talk to these guys about this excellent, excellent project. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Todd Pennington, with Columbus-based Revolution Mortgage, the proud sponsor of the unofficial Bengals podcast. If you're looking to purchase a new home or get out of renting, now's the time. With historically low rates and fast closings, Todd can have you in your dream home in no time. So contact Todd Pennington at 614-390-9520 or visit revolutionmortgage.com slash tpennington for more info. Revolution Mortgage is an equal housing lender, NMLS ID 168 Seriously, everyone, give Todd a call. He'll take good care of you. The Unofficial Bengals Podcast is brought to you by the Zedia Network. And one last thing before we get on with the show for today. If you guys get a chance, go to www.zedianetwork.com. You can see the full roster of shows, lots of great entertainment on there. And there's also merchandise available. They have a really cool Joe Burrow hoodie. So when you get a chance, go check it out. And Zedia is the word media, only with a Z. The Unofficial Bengals Podcast would like to welcome Dick Maloney and Steve Watkins, authors of the book Classic Bengals, The 50 Greatest Games in Cincinnati Bengals History. Guys, welcome to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the invite. All right, so I'm going to put you on the spot right away. So, Dick, I'll, we'll start with you. How did you become a Bengals fan, and where did it all originate? Let's go from there. Well, I'm a, a lifetime Cincinnatian. I went to my first Bengals game actually in 1970, preseason game against the Browns. Preseason game here in Cincinnati was uh, hyped, um, had a lot of hype because it was obviously Paul Brown coaching against his former franchise. Um, I was aware of the team its first two years, but didn't really follow them in 68 and 69. But just being a lifelong Cincinnatian and diehard fan of Cincinnati sports, 1970 is when I really started following the team closely been following them pretty much since uh, amazing that you go back that far with them you know I started with them in 76 so you got me beat by a few years there um <laughs> well, Steve I, what about I, you, I you by a few years well I I became a Bengals fan a little bit later than than Dick or or you um I uh I moved here in 1989 I grew up in Wisconsin lived my whole life there until about a year and a half before I moved here, obviously was a Packers fan, still am. It's in your blood. It's in you. Uh, when I moved here in 1989, good time for the Bengals. They had just come off a Super Bowl appearance, playoff contender that season. They didn't quite make it, um, and they did make it the following year, but they, they at that point were a perennial contender. So it was cool to have a team like that. And actually the very first game I went to was at Riverfront Stadium, it's in our book. I mean, it was, um, they blew out, it was in December of uh, 89. They blew out the Houston Oilers 61 to 7. They ran up the score. 
Sam Weiss got to rub it in to Jerry Glanville. It was a, a great game in a sense, it, uh, not so much in terms of drama of who would win, but very exciting in terms of if you're a Bengals fan, watching them blow out an arch rival and rub it into a coach that they didn't like very much. And I, I've been, you know, following the Bengals closely. They've been, I've been a fan of them ever since then. Oh, geez, Steve, I didn't know you went to that game, that 61 game where he's putting up 61 and rubbed it in, and there was this conflict going for a couple of years between those two teams. That's a great way to start being a fan. So you're right there with us. And the fact that you are a Packers fan, they're NFC. Daniels are AFC, so we're right. all cool. All right, first, how did the book originate? Kent State University Press um, had contacted one of my good friends, Jack Heffron, who has written several uh, sports books, um, and they contacted him a few years ago and said, hey, do you want to write a book uh, about the 50 greatest games in Bengals history? We're going to try to tie it into their 50th anniversary. He originally was going to do the book with me, but he, he wrote uh, pretty much simultaneously a book on the Reds' 50 greatest games, also for Kent State University Press. That's how they had Jack's name. And uh, so he asked me to be part of it. Jack and I both uh, had worked with Dick at the Community Press newspapers. Dick had been a uh, sports editor there for quite a few years, probably too many to count almost. And uh, uh, so Dick was uh, an obvious, uh, obviously the first person that came to mind to uh, join me on the project. You know, so it, it really originated with Kent State University Press. It, it's always interesting. This is the first book Dick or I have written. It's always interesting when people say, well, how did you find a publisher? And we were among the fortunate few that the publisher really kind of found us. Yeah, I got to say that's flattering to have a publisher chase after you as opposed to you having to find a publisher for your book. Yeah, and yeah, it is. Uh, and, and, and it didn't quite work that they were chasing us, but they were chasing somebody else who hooked us up. So it pays to have connections, I guess. Oh, no, it totally worked out. And the fact that you put out the 50 greatest games on the 50th anniversary I mean, it's like a match made in heaven, great idea. So everything has worked out up to this point. So I did some research on you guys, and I know that the criteria for the top 50 game, games, there were three things. It needed to be either a great game, needed to have some kind of significance, or needed to have a great individual performance. So with that said, we have 50 games to choose. How do you guys pick 50? Do you go back year by year and say, hey, we need to try to represent almost every year? How did you guys get 50 games? Well, I think for each of us, when we first got the assignment, there were some games that came immediately to mind. I wrote in my intro, the first game that came to mind for me was a game the Bengals played against Dallas in 1985. They won 50 to 24 um, at the time that the Cowboys were, you know, America's team, the team everybody followed. It was the first time the Cowboys played in Cincinnati. And Steve and I, um, there are several games in this book that he and I attended together or, you know, tended apart either way. But um, so I think for each of us, there were several games that came to mind right away. And then after that, after that, we just kind of get, got together, um, you know, went over, we each made lists, went through season by season, looked at the games, start, you know, put stars on the ones we thought should be in, got together, compared the lists. I think event, it started about 90 to 100 games. Uh, we started ranking them, paring it down, and we eventually got it to 50, and um, I think Steve can take it from there. Yeah, yeah. First, we did that kind of paring down process by sort of weeding out and, as Dick said, ranking um, which games we thought should be where and 
I think we at one point ranked up through about 60 just to make sure we could kind of narrow it down to sort of a finalist group. And we actually have in the book a list of 10 near misses that we considered but didn't quite make the top 50. Once we had the top 50, I think we ranked them again to do the ranking we went through and we just sort of averaged the score, so to speak. The um, top game was pretty easy. It was the freezer bowl. And uh, we both kind of almost right away. I was going to save that. I was going to, I was going to save that as no spoiler. No one can know the top game. So we, we might erase that. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. As I said that, I thought maybe that's coming up, but yeah, but there, there were uh, several games. Some, many of the postseason games uh, ranked near the top. After that, you know, it's obviously fairly subjective. As you pointed out, I mean, we went by, um, you know, either just great drama in the game, a last-second win or a big comeback, sometimes a big upset, and then some were just great individual performances. Kenny Anderson setting the uh, pass completion percentage record and consecutive completions record. Corey Dillon breaking the rushing record. And then some were, um, you know, just significant um, – games in the Bengals history like the first time they clinched a playoff berth in 1970 it was really not a great game it was great for the Bengals but it was a blowout but you know the significance of that is just um, definitely meant that it needed to be included. And, and you asked if we tried to balance years or you know, you know that type of thing we really didn't um, you know in Cincinnati they used the term the lost decade to refer to basically from 1990 through you know, when Marvin Lewis started in 2003. Uh, there were not a lot of games, honestly, from that era. There are, I think Marvin Lewis coached the most games on our list, I think 18. But, you know, from the Bruce Coslett, Dick LeBeau, Dave Shuley years, there are really very few games unless there was, you know, a, a great individual performance. And there, you know, there are a couple of those, but uh, that whole period is not maybe as represented as, you know, the more successful seasons. One of my later questions is to ask you guys about what I call the dark ages, like basically the 90s for the Bengals. So I'm going to jump to that in a second. But while we're on the topic of picking the 50 games, did you guys have any heated debates or is, was there any significant debate on anything like, I want this game, I want this game, who's going to win and how was that decided if it did actually come down to that? Yeah, I, I, I would say they were heated. Um, they weren't um, vicious or anything, but um, – you know, it, there, there were things we felt we felt passionate about, and it was it was good discussion. I wish we had recorded some of those discussions. You know, yeah, you know, there are some things. Obviously, we come at it from different perspectives. Dick, having followed the team uh, very closely since 1970, he remembers there. There's a game he can, I'm sure, talk more about, but a game where they blew out the Minnesota Vikings in the early 70s that was uh, very significant. And I was kind of thinking. It doesn't seem like a great game. I mean, certainly in terms of drama, it wasn't there. But he convinced me of the significance. You know, it was sort of like um, nominating a, a player for the Hall of Fame or something like that. You you kind of make your arguments for the game, and the other one makes an argument against. And ultimately, we just kind of, you know, agreed. Uh, you know, if somebody felt really passionately about one of them, I think those games got in. You know, there were typically games that we – kind of wanted to get in, but if nobody felt real passionately about it, it probably ended up ranked 52nd or something like that. Right. As Steve said, the Minnesota game in 73, that was one that I wrote actually before we even got together to compare lists because I, I was convinced it needed to be on there. Um, Steve did not have it on his list. He had some on his list that I did not have. 
you know, we just, you know, we just, you know, met a few times and discussed them and I said, and nobody came to blows or anything. It was just, you know, friendly discussion and finalized the list. The interesting story here, and uh, Steve can add to it, is we actually wrote 51 games because after we did the top 50, we kind of went back and looked season by season. And there was a game on there that um, Steve kind of noticed that it really should be in there. So we said, yeah, it should be. And we kind of re-ranked the games. Uh, he went ahead and wrote that chapter. So he wrote 26 chapters and I wrote 25. Uh, because the game we replaced was one that he um, that he wrote, um, but he can tell you a little bit more about that game and you know, why we made that decision. Yeah, I think that was the Corey Dillon record-breaking game. And at first, as we went through year by year, as we talked about, uh, that happened in 2000, terrible year in a terrible era for the Bengals. And when you just run through the scores, you think, well, none of these games really had much meaning or significance. But, you know, it, it, we sort of remembered later, oh, that's right, Corey Dillon broke the rushing record. That was a big deal. And if I remember right, I think that was also their first win at Paul Brown Stadium, which isn't automatically by itself, you know, probably worthy of putting it on the list, but it added to the significance. So, yeah, and the game that got knocked out actually was another one that I was kind of touting a little bit more uh, than Dick, I think, which was in the strike year in 1982, the Bengals beat the Los Angeles Raiders, as they were called then. It was one of those games where the game itself was not great, but the Bengals did win. They won 31 to 17. It was the Raiders' only loss in the regular season that year. The season was shortened to nine games. So, uh, and, and, and the Bengals were coming off a Super Bowl appearance. So they were they were among the AFC's elite, but you know that sort of solidified their their stat status in the in the NFL and the AFC. So yeah, there were things like that, and you know uh, adjustments being made. One thing we were wary of, but I guess fortunately for us, it did not happen. Maybe unfortunately for the Bengals franchise, is once we had everything written, the way the book publishing world works there was still basically an entire season that uh, we could have potentially added games to. We had everything written, but it didn't get published really till the next year. That season, which if I remember right, was 2017, I think, Dick. It was either 17 or 18. Uh, 2018 was when we came out. Yeah. Probably, but 2017 is when we fin basically finished it, yeah. Right. And so that whole 2017 season, if anything big happened, we would have had time and would have needed to include it. Unfortunately, they didn't really have any significant games that year. The The team was not very good that season, and, and it didn't really become a factor for us. So we, we didn't have to do any last-minute additions that way. Guys, I'm taking notes as you're talking, and there's like five follow-up questions I wanted to ask you in the middle of this. I'm not going to get around to them all, but I mean, you guys are just jarring so many good memories for me. So first, I want to go back. That 82 team without the strike, that was our year. Everyone forgets about that. I, I think we were 7-2 and two ultimately, and we took a bad loss in the playoffs when they did that separation. But I, I remember going back to that year. That we were, we were just as good as the Super Bowl year in 82, so – it's cool that you included a game from that year and also the, the Raider game, as you said. And also I like the fact that you guys were diplomatic in deciding, like if someone was very passionate about a game, whether it's a game like Steven, maybe it was Steve, it wasn't a game that maybe you saw back in 73, like Dick, but you, you felt his passion for that and said, you know what, I'm not going to argue with that. That's going to make the list. So, you know, that, that symbiosis for lack of a better word 
makes for a better book that you guys had that respect and you know you're putting out good stuff Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think a lot of it was that, that, you know, we obviously have respect for each other. We've worked together for years and, and been friends for years. We, we know that we both know sports real well. So, yeah, it, it's not like uh, one of us would be, you know, giving an uninformed decision. So, yeah, I, I think it worked out really well. that way. Without a doubt. I've been a fan since 76. Like I said, I keep rattling it off. But since 92, because I'm a New Jersey guy, so I didn't live in Cincinnati. I couldn't see all the games like you guys could. So when 92 came around, that was more like when DirecTV and the whole satellite package. So from 92 on, I've, I've barely missed a Bengals snap. But I'll be dead honest with you. Some of these games start like just bleeding together and you start forgetting about, unless there's some like really massive impact things, you start forgetting about that. So when you guys went back for this book, what percentage was from, like, I actually recall this in memory, and what percentage was, oh, wow, I forgot about this game. This game's great. From my perspective, maybe 75% were games I remembered, and 25% were your games I didn't. Um, and I wow. think it would be a game that we had in there. It was Boomer Esiason's last game as, uh, as a Bengal um, against the Ravens when he let a come, comeback win. The season wasn't that great. The game itself, maybe not significant, but the fact that it was his last game, um, the fact that after the game he said he planned to be back, and then a couple of weeks later, Monday Night Football gave him the offer to go in the booth. And that led to yes, a domino effect of draft picks and other personnel decisions that kind of set the franchise back for a long time. That game on its own, I probably would not have, would not have come to mind. But, you know, again, as we went back and kind of looked through things, you kind of said, yeah, that one, you know, that's a significant game and probably should be in there. Wow. Yeah. You know what? Oh, I'm sorry, Steve. Go ahead. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I, for me, it, it's it, it's probably not too much less than that um, in terms of games that I remembered. Um, there certainly were some that I had no recollection at all of. I ended up writing, if I remember correctly, that there are two games involving Greg Cook back in the 60s, uh, in 69. Those were really fun to research, but I, I was four years old at the time, so I don't remember it that well. <laughs> it, 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 once I researched one, it only made sense to do the other one because I had already kind of dug into Greg Cook, who is a fantastic story in himself, and how some people like Bill Walsh said Greg Cook probably had more talent than anybody he ever coached, and I mean, he coached Joe Montana, so you know that, that tells you all you need to know about that. Um, there were some games in the early 70s I either didn't recall or, like, I think I wrote about the Kenny Anderson game against the Steelers in uh, 74. I actually, even from Wisconsin as a kid, I remember that game, but certainly not the details, you know, going back that long ago. So, yeah, a lot of them were games that I remembered, you know, what happened, but didn't remember that many of the details. You know, I think that gives you guys the edge, the fact that you actually remember most of these games, either through attendance or through writing about them. So you guys got Dave Lappin for the intro, which is a, a great guest. He knows so much about the Bengals. I love listening to that guy. Did anyone from the team or the front office or even like Jeff Hobson, who, you know, he's one of the main Bengal writers on, on the website. Did any of those guys contact you about this like really cool effort that you took on? No, not really. Um, you know, I, I write for the business courier. I uh, cover sports business. So I, I write about the Bengals from a business standpoint for the business courier. And I have and had back when we were, we were 
uh, compiling the book, had contacts there. So I did contact the Bengals. Their assistance from their media relations department was pretty much, they did open up the, um, and let, let me go in there and go through all their old records of games. They call them game books. And they had, it, it was funny the way it was, it was put together and stored, but it basically had these, these, old, these bins that had papers, uh, often mimeographed pages that were just kind of stapled together for each game. It had final game statistics, it was printed out on paper, um, and, and the, the organization was such that I might grab a bin and it might be, once I pulled it down and went through it, it might be like, here's 1975 and here's 1983. And then another, another might have two or three more years that were completely disparate. disparate. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it ultimately was extremely helpful. It was kind of surprising how there was not any, you know, digital uh, organization there or anything else. The Bengals were also helpful. They, at one point, they actually said, we can um, scan these in for you and um, send you a, a PDF file. And they did that on a few games which was a huge help. Some of them, literally, you're trying to decipher handwriting on there to see what the final game stats were for this player or that player. So uh, from that standpoint, they were helpful. But beyond that, we tried to get the book sold in the, the Bengals Pro Shop at the stadium. They wouldn't do that. Um, Come on. There were uh, one or two other things we tried to get help from them. And yeah, as, as a an overall organization they were not you know and, and they were not overly helpful and we thought you know it, it ties in with the 50th anniversary it seems like a good way um to at least be able to promote it but uh, i got the feeling they would rather promote their own things okay now i'm going to move on to some games and i'm i don't want any spoilers for the book so i'm just going to ask you a couple random things you don't have to give any rankings i think the greatest game in bengal's history was the 2015 wild card game. And it really sucks, for lack of a better word, that it was a loss. But that game was so exciting. From It was so dramatic. There was so much going on in it. There was a moment where I was like, wow, we just beat the Steelers and here we go. I was in triumph. And then like a minute and a half later, I was on the floor, you know, ripping off my jersey. It was, it was a crazy day. I know that's obviously in the book, so I'm not going to belabor the point on that. But I'm going to run over a couple other games that I just want to ask you guys' opinion on. So a game that I thought that was significant was in 2005 when they beat the Lions to go to the playoffs for the first time in 15 years. Do you guys have any opinions on that game? Um, it's, it's in the book. Good. It, it was, you know, obviously it was a significant game, as you said. Um, I remember I was at a family Christmas party and they, um, somebody hooked up a big screen TV um, we were headed in the gym at a local church and somebody hooked up a big screen TV and everybody was watching the game. Yeah, it, it was certainly significant that when Bengals scored early, they won big. The Lions, you know, were not very good. First playoff appearance in 15 years, first winning season in 15 years, an event that a lot of us you know, thought we might never see again. Um, so that, yeah, that game is in the book. All right, another one, and I, I'm sure this is there too, but what about the um... The Peter Warwick game against the Chiefs, they, they call it the classic bring your shovel game. 
where Warwick had the punt return touchdown and the long long return. Yes, yes, that that's in the book also, and um, the the number of big plays in that game was kind of stunning because if I remember right, I think Peter, Peter Warwick had another big play for a touchdown in that game. Yeah, and then the Chiefs were really good at that point too. So that that was one of those games that so, sort of elevated the Bengals on the national stage in terms in terms of winning that game. What about the that big scoring game against the Browns? Like I think it was like 55-45. Did you guys actually attend that game? It's in the book. Uh, I did not attend it. I don't know if Steve did or not. I didn't either. No, but I clearly remember watching that game and just thinking this is unbelievable how many points are being scored back and forth. So, yes, that is definitely in the book. Um, I wrote that one. You know, it, it was one of those games that just stood out. I mean, it, it had um, – unbelievable amount of points and nobody could seem to stop each other and the Bengals I think had an interception toward the end of the game that that sort of I can even remember thinking at the time that's what they need to to put this game away because it was it just seemed like if anybody's offense gets stopped once you know then that's it both teams were just going up and down the field in lightning fashion just scoring points so yeah that that was um pretty unbelievable in terms of the offensive output uh, 58 to 48 uh, was the uh, final score in that one. Thank you for the clarification. I lost track of those extra couple field goals. There was so much going on. <laughs> exactly. Okay. And again, I'm not going to spoil anything else. I know there's two games that might not have made your list, but they were two games that are on my personal list. One was in 1976. It was the first game that I attended. It was the Bengals at Shea Stadium. It was Joe Namath's last game in New York, and the Bengals won 42 to 3. Do you guys have any any recollection or notes on that game? Uh, it's it's not in the book. I I don't know. Um, I don't think it's in the near misses. Honestly, um, um, I, it is a game I remember. I didn't remember it was Joe Namath's last game, um, but you know it is a game I remember. But no, it is not in the book. I, I figured it wouldn't be, but I just wanted to run it by because it was a special game for me. And then there's one other special game for me that probably did not make the list. Back in the 90s, the Oilers were just pounding on us all the time, and Chris Dishman just ruined us. And there was a game, even me from New Jersey, I was in attendance in Cincinnati, luckily on like the 48-yard line watching this game. It was an amazing experience. But it was when Jeff Blake started coming into his own, and he hit Carl Pickens for like three long touchdowns against Chris, Chris Dishman to win the game against like the bully Oilers for a bad team in the 90s. I wonder if you guys have any recollection of that game. I remember because I uh, had the same feelings for Chris Dishman that I think you and most Bengals fans um, did. It, uh, it, it's not in there. And again, it's kind of felt victim to the lost decade bias. A lot of games there that, you know, yes, they had interesting things about them, but, you know, ultimately in terms of team success and, um, you know, just kind of what, how the team wound up the season, um, they didn't really have a lot of impact. Yeah, you know, I, I remember um, hating the Oilers, you know, as much as pretty much as much as, much as anybody did during the '90s. And I think I was probably at that game, in fact. Yeah, it, I mean, just speaking of Carl Pickens and the '90s, for that matter, um, as, as Dick said, that game was not in the book. But one that was is one where they beat the Steelers in 1998 on a touchdown pass to Carl Pickens with uh, something like 20 seconds left in the game. And uh, the Bengals won 25 to 20 over the Steelers. And that was a year when the Bengals were uh, terrible. The Steelers were a playoff team. And 
one of those great days for the Bengals that were too few and far between back then. I'll take a win over the Steelers against a win over the Oilers. So you guys made a good choice there. All right. The last thing I want to mention, I guess, like you guys said, from 2017, 2018, there haven't been that many great games. But I do think in 2019, there's a significant game that may make your next book. I think it's that Bengals-Dolphins game. I know it's a loss. I know the game itself was pretty pedestrian. But there's been so many games in Bengals history where we're down by a couple scores, and I'm praying for a Hail Mary, a successful onside kick, a two-pointer. Like, all of that happened in that game. And on top of it, it means that we got Joe Burrow. So if Joe Burrow turns into Joe Montana, that game can be looked at as, like, maybe, you know, in your top ten for your next round. I, I don't know. What, what are your best thoughts? Well, it probably would have been the most Bengal thing ever if they had actually won that game when pretty much the entire <laughs> fan base and city was rooting for them to lose it. I um, mean, they scored a couple of touchdowns in the final minute and a half and be in a position to win, even though they didn't win. Yeah, you know, if there's a follow-up book, you know, and Joe Burrow turns out to be what everybody thinks he will be, um, that would certainly be a game that uh, would get consideration, I would think. And I remember we were we were texting uh, either right after or I think late uh, you know probably as it went into overtime texting each other saying this would have been a great game for the book um, then they didn't win which uh, kind of made it uh, took away some of the luster uh, but the comeback in the last uh, minute and a half or so was just unbelievable I mean it was one of the most amazing comebacks probably of all time to send it in overtime. Unfortunately, it didn't turn out to be a win. But as you mentioned, Frank, I mean, uh, it probably was better that they didn't win. I mean, ultimately, that may have more significance that they lost it than had they won it. 100%. I live and die by every Bengal game. And that is the only game, literally, since 1976 that I wanted them to lose. I've never went into a game saying I want to lose this one. That was the only one ever. That's going to go down in history. Let's get on to the final business. How can people find you on social media? Well, I'll, I'll answer that, actually, because I set up the account. We do have a Twitter account. It's just at Classic Bengals. Um, also, um, a Facebook page, at Classic Bengals Book. Um, it will get more active, honestly, as the season starts. We will post some story links, and some, every now and again, we put some polls on there. Um, those are the best ways they can contact us. And we do an email address, classicbengals at gmail.com. Uh, anybody wants to email us questions, uh, they can use that one as well. I also have a Twitter account. Um, it's uh, at Steve Cincy Biz. Cincy is with two I's, C-I-N-C-I and Biz, B-I-Z. So Steve Cincy Biz is the Twitter handle. It's typically got most of my um, business career stories linked to it on there. All right. Well, you know, I know where to go if I have any salary cap questions. If you know Cincinnati Sports Biz, I'm, I'm going to hit you up. Because I Absolutely. Classic Bengals, the 50 greatest games in Bengals history. What a pleasure talking to you guys. I could talk to you guys for four hours. I really thank you for coming on, guys. Thanks for having Thanks. That'll do it for this episode. Remember, you can get the book Classic Bengals, the 50 greatest games in Cincinnati Bengals history on Amazon. And I'd like to thank Dick Maloney and Steve Watkins, two great guys and great Bengals historians. Next episode, we're going to begin our weekly opponent review, like we're going to be doing all season long. So for all the games that we have, I'm going to have an expert from the opposing team tell us why the other team is going to beat us or do well against us. So it's going to be pretty exciting. 
Can't wait to get the season started. So look out for that episode coming out later this week. I'd like to thank Bengals Highlights, the best Instagram page out there. Great highlights, great music, definitely something you guys should check out. Thank you for listening to the unofficial Bengals podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. The unofficial Bengals podcast.